Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hi, 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 guys. Welcome back and happy Thursday. All right, guys. Well, we're back to recap the full episode last night's episode of Vanderpump Rules with none other than Dave Neal, which, by the way, as soon as we bring him up, I want to talk about this. He is doing an interview style that I absolutely love. I was just talking to him. Well, let's bring up Dave Neal. Hello. Hey, how are you? What's up, man? Just hanging out, having my morning coffee. I love that people are already like, Dave, yes. Oh, yeah. Bruce is in the chat. We have the loyals out there for sure. I love that. So can you tell them really quick what we were just talking about and like what you're doing now with your new sort of interview style? I know that it's not every single day, but I think it's pretty cool. Well, I hate I hate um, how bad the interviews are. Uh, Well, I cover mainly Bachelor news and the interviews are all Zoom based and they're really bad. So I decided to just start picking my guests up in my car and do a three camera shoot. And, you know, cars acoustics are pretty good. So, yeah, I've been doing these sort of um, open open convo, just drives around town, grab a Starbucks and see what happens. Yeah. And I mean, it's it's very like James Corden. That's what it reminds me of. But except it's like your own spin on it. And I love the way that you're I was telling you right before I went on vacation, I saw one of your videos and I'm like, damn it, man, this is great. It's honestly (laughs) great. Thank you. You know, it's tough. It's tough to have a conversation. I ran over a curb and it's, it's, you know, there's like stray dogs running by. It's a real hard uh, challenge there, but it's all back roads, you know, nothing crazy. And um, yeah, it's, it's, there's something about being in a car and and moving like the physical act of moving, I think lets people's guard down and they feel more intimate with the conversation. Like it's not some kind of like high stakes thing. I love that. All right. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. If I like a lot of people don't know this. I'm probably the worst driver ever. I've driven my car off of the side of a mountain three times. Um, <laughs> so maybe I don't think that I would have the same luck, like getting guests, you know, like, Hey guys, come join me in my car. I conveniently crash it. Um, but it's going to be a great time. Great interview. Let's do it. Yeah. You might need better insurance for that if you do that. Yeah, 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 yeah. But all right, guys, we're less than four minutes in. Let, or actually, it's not even three minutes with over 500 in the room. So welcome, everyone. Smash that like button and let us know where you're watching from. I want to kick this off with asking Dave. Last night, we had a supersized episode of Vanderpump Rules. One to 10, Dave, what are we giving it? Well, I got to go with a nine in my like infancy here as a Vanderpump fan, but it's uh, so far the drama. We all know it's coming and it's just like um, it's like watching Final Destination, the movie where you're waiting for the, the you know, some crazy thing to happen, but we're not quite there yet. Yeah, exactly. By the way, I just want to say, too. And I know that I'm just praising the hell out of you over here. I'm just like a big fan. It's like, even when you stop and you're listening to what I'm saying, I don't know because your camera is so good. If you're like paused because of the internet or if you're just like, you're in it. Like, I feel like I'm right there with you. I- I'm locked in, man. I'm ready to go. Um, no, it's a pleasure of mine to be here with you. You, you. you run such a great show. Thanks, man. Well, 10, 10, 9, 9 and a half, 10s across the board. All right. So Dave, last night was a little bit cringy. And one of the things that I had to get off my chest was the way that we kicked off the episode from the reminder of last week when Tom Sandoval is talking to Tom Schwartz. And this was around the food truck time. And he goes, I not only love Ariana, I work on our love. (laughs) (laughs) What, What is your takeaway from this? Man, I'm not a therapist. It's just it's like I always try to look at people as how they would be as like a child to see what their inner child is like. This is a kid that just had, you know, no friends <laughs> growing up or something. He just feels very delusional. Um, but it, it, it reminds us that everyone's the star of their own story. And Sandoval is the hero of his. So he um, he doesn't get to watch as objectively as we do. Yes. OK. 
All right. Well, one thing that you might not be um, necessarily aware of because you weren't around, obviously, when we started working at TomTom, but Lisa Vanderpump has used the same chef to open Pump Restaurant, TomTom, and now something about her. We have Chef Penny who has entered the conversation. She's honestly, like, amazing. So what her job is coming into it, and Jason said this a little bit on the after party last night, is she comes in and sort of lays like a blueprint for the kitchen staff, showing everybody what the menu is going to look like, how to execute the menu. She's obviously paid a lot of money to do what she does because she does it very well. But watching her come in and create these sort of sandwiches for something about her, I was like, oh, you guys are like one step ahead of the curb. Yeah, because uh, you, you mean because... Well, first of all, I, I being new to the new to the show, it, everything has to become an event. So it's like they're just sampling sandwiches and it becomes some big soiree and they're doing the thing. But I've I've learned not to watch the show while I'm hungry because, yeah, I was salivating over that. How how lucky, you know, that are are they, you know, all the you know, to have Lisa Vanderpump and like an executive chef kind of walk them through all these issues. I feel like that's the biggest issue with starting a restaurant is how to present the menu and things like this. So um, you can clearly see that um, success, you know, you know, with the different pop-ups that Lisa Vanderpump has, because is she is, does she own the full stake of that? Like, how does it work? Is she kind of, are, are they the face of it? And she's uh, the backbone. No, who um, chef Penny or Lisa, Lisa. So Lisa owns 100% of every single restaurant except, I mean, technically the Toms each own 2.5%, so a total of 5% of Tom Tom. And then Sir, she took the majority, I believe, um, because Sir used to be Sir Restaurant. And what they did was the landlord who owned Sir Restaurant, who was renting it to them, actually had a vacancy next door. So Lisa had them blow out this entire wall and then expand the kitchen, expand the restaurant into Sir Lounge, and then she owned 100% of Sir Lounge. So that was like her coming in as a partner, like Sir Lounge is going to benefit you guys, so Sir Restaurant benefits off of this, but I am not giving you guys any stakes in anything, which is actually, as a business person, and coming in and taking over someone else's business, it's very ballsy. But when it's Lisa Vanderpump, like, what do you say? Yeah, you know, because you're seeing she's she's a puppet master. She's able to use their names to draw their audience, but um, they're not competing against each other. So the sandwich shop, daytime food, you have nighttime drinks. I mean, no, it really is cool to watch. You go, oh wow, no, makes makes total sense because yeah, it's so high stakes West Hollywood that like I mean they know what the rent prices and everything's so expensive that you have to hit the ground running. You definitely have to hit the ground running. Well, on top of that, speaking of hitting the ground running, um, running, I I was thinking about one thing while watching last night's episode. And man, I think that it was a little anticlimactic for me because after the scandal and all of it came out, we learned about like these lightning bolt necklaces and the lightning bolt necklaces. They played a huge part in everything scandal because everybody was wondering what the is going on like did tom buy raquel this necklace did he not and last night we saw that raquel actually bought her own lightning bolt necklace for 700 and whatever dollars and when i'm watching it i'm like man i hope this story pieces together a little bit better than this but then lo and behold give us the ending which i don't know if you know this dave last night was supposed to be the finale oh that was it huh that was supposed to be it before the cameras picked back up, which would have been great. However, it's even better. Yeah, isn't that wild? Just knowing what's coming, what's about to go down, we we just look at this as a side dish to the uh, to the whole. No, but to go back to the necklace, it it just goes to show it's a good warning for any conspiracy theorists out there that when you think you have the answer to something, your confirmation bias places everything together. It could be that these lightning bolts have nothing to do with each other, but in the moment, everyone's going, clearly they bought them as some sort of secret sign. And it's like, well, maybe they're a Harry Potter fan. I don't know, but you just you just see that it might it might mean nothing. But of course, we know we know obviously that they are guilty of what what they did anyway. They're a little bit guilty of something else. Yes, 100 percent. Well, then after this, we pan over to Tom and Tom who are at Shorts and Sandy's and they're talking about 
you know, man, we just got the last booth in and this is the final piece of the puzzle, which it's like, you don't have a fucking kitchen staff, bro, but you have the last booth. So we're about to open. That's great. And then they move into the conversation of like, Sandoval, how are you feeling about Ariana right now? Like, how's it going? And he's like, man, I just feel like Ariana is constantly annoyed by me. But I feel like the way that he's constantly talking about this in his confessionals and having these one-on-one conversations with Schwartz, who he can openly talk to because that's his business partner, I feel like he's laying the groundwork for letting people know, had the affair not come out, this is why I am no longer with Ariana. And hopefully you guys can understand where I'm coming from. It was like he was laying this out for us. He was pre-building the house and selling the house with the floor plans and the blueprint for somebody else to buy being like, I've already done most of the work. Yeah, it would be so smart if they if he didn't get caught in the affair. <laughs> like, it would be so. And, and, and maybe that's how a lot of people are. If you know, we're not all on reality shows, but maybe for a lot of people, they do slowly lead into the breakup. And maybe that's because, you know, we're so afraid to hurt the other person. But clearly that's leading the other person on. So if, obviously he's cheating on her. So he knows this relationship's not forever or, you know, at least doesn't respect it. So um but yeah, very interesting how he expects his audience to just go along. Well, I said that I was not happy and, she, you know, whatever. So, I mean, I don't know what his timeline would have been. A couple more months of this, maybe dumper the next season. You know, who knows what would have happened. Exactly. Um, This is a great super chat. Thank you, guys. Um, I think most of us would question why Scandaval, Tom uh, Sandoval, was always defending ratchet which would be raquel if we hadn't known about their affair um no i agree i think that and we'll get into that in a second but i feel like a lot of the moments where raquel is being kind of attacked by the rest of the group or they're ganging up on her he does step in which would have given me if i were his partner which i'm not cause for pause being like let her fight her battle this has nothing to do with you this is coming off like you are now fighting with the women why yeah i don't i don't even i'm tongue-tied on on the the old the old fight because so much is going on that you it's like you're almost damned if you do damned if you don't like if you chime in you're just adding to the chaos but if you don't chime in you're letting someone else fight your battles and raquel's defending schwartz who doesn't really ask for it and is that just raquel's excuse to speak up in the first place like oh i'm I'm a voice for the voiceless it's like okay easy pageant queen <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 i mean honestly if you're is it your wife or your girlfriend my wife okay so your wife if your wife is sitting there and she's arguing with her friends and you can see like man they're getting the best of her and they're telling her like i kind of think you're an asshole for this and i'm just letting you know like you know, you didn't invite me to the charcuterie board wine night when you invited Stephanie. So you're an asshole. Like if they start going in on her, do you chime into the conversation? Or are you just like, sorry, baby, you're on your own. I'm a big de-escalator. You have to like you have to go hard for your partner, but also get them out of that situation, which would make for horrible reality TV. I'd be like, oh, honey, the valet's outside. Like I just remove her because I know that I wouldn't be able to like you know yeah you don't want to fight the other other person's battle but then it's a long car ride home if you're not going to bat for them i think people that your partners just always want to know you'll go to bat for them which is interesting because i feel like sandoval feels like ariana wouldn't go to bat for him but it can also be a complex to think that no one's no one's on my side and it kind of feels like that's that's sandoval's personality which is a different a side topic here but yeah yeah de-escalation that's the key Yeah, I agree with that. And I also think that Sandoval is a special personality because when we move over to his house with Ariana and he's talking to her and she's talking about, you know, like we have our logos and he's like, oh my God, your logos, that's cool. Can I see it? And they're showing things. He starts, he initiates the conversation of feeling disconnected. And he's telling her like, I feel like we need to be closer. She's like, Tom, he's like, we can't have sex just four times a year. She's like, I'm not going to have sex with who I feel like is a stranger. Now, I always love playing devil's advocate here, but in this side, I have to favor Ariana, not just because she's the obvious choice, but because she's telling him, you want to go out and have your cake and 
party with everybody, go to the Abbey, hang out in West Hollywood, drink, drink, get fucked up, party, do all of these things while opening a new business. And then you come home and what you just like when I'm asleep, you want to wake me up and have sex. Like that's, I don't want to do that. My idea of us kind of doing things and getting more intimate would be spending quality time in order to take those baby steps to get there. Well, what does quality time mean to you? She's like cooking, watching movies together, maybe going on a walk. He's like, that's quality time to you, Ariana. That is not quality time to me. She's like, no douchebag. That is quality time. And that is the definition of spending quality time. Yeah. I just have to pick your brain on this one too. Well, he just wants to go hang gliding. That's quality time for him is hang gliding. Look, uh, regardless of of the definition of quality time, he needs to acknowledge what her love language is and not say what he needs and vice versa. If his love language is affirmations, she needs to give him those, that, that sort of love. So he's denying what she needs by saying, that's not what I need. It's like, yeah, no, 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 duh, dummy. You're not, it loves not about giving the other person what you need. Love's about accepting what they want and then being a part of that. That's how you invest in each other. Um, but um, if they, if they don't know the bait, I mean, I'm not here to call that the basics, but if he's 40 years old and doesn't know that at this point, someone's got to buy him that book. and Just do a little research. Could you imagine if your wife, like you said to your wife, <laughs> this guy is like, he's literally Peter Pan at its finest. If like Peter Pan was not a cartoon, this guy is Peter Pan. Could you imagine if your wife came to you and was like, Babe, I don't want to cook shit with you. I just want to microdose on shrooms and go hand gliding. And that is my idea of like bonding with you. You don't get that? You well, like what would your answer be? Yeah, I mean, it's um it's like look, first of all, nobody loves to do what their partner does. Like I don't go, excuse me, go get gluten-free donuts on Larchmont because I enjoy overpriced donuts. It's because it's quality time for her and she likes sweets. So you do things for your partner. It's just, yeah, I mean, you know, whatever. But I think, I think most people get that even if they don't lay it out so perfectly, you just learn how to itch the, the other, your partner's scratch. And you just learn that naturally over time. This is almost second month conversation in a relationship where you're just starting to learn each other. That's how it feels. So clearly they've neglected each other for so long that they're, they're finally exposing, you know, where they lack. I agree with that. I agree with that, Dave. And obviously so do other people. Um, Okay. So when he was in this conversation and he's doing the whole, I love you with the fake tears when there's no real tears coming out, but we know Tom Sandoval and his background is he, and I've had these conversations with him before, Dave, I'll be honest with you. And he's like, he will tell you, I am one of the best actors in the world. Like literally, if not the best actor. And I just haven't gotten my shot. So I had to, you know, go into reality TV because man, it was either that or go back to St. Louis because I didn't want to just wait for someone to let me into the industry. Like I had to take reality TV. I had to pay my bills if I was going to stay here. But I for damn sure am one of the best. I've never seen a hype man for somebody's own self. (laughs) Like I have Tom Sandoval. And when he's in this moment and he's telling Ariana, you know, I love you and I just want us to be better. I'm looking at him like, Oh, that's your best performance, which does not make you a great actor because really right now I'm reading through this shit. I feel like a lot of the fans are reading through this and they're looking at you like, man, it seems like you're kind of laying the groundwork for us. Had you not have gotten caught cheating, like we said before, showing us like I made it, like I tried my hardest. I tried my damnedest. I put everything into this relationship and she wasn't reciprocating. It's like that's what he was doing. He was laying all of the groundwork. Yeah, and it's and it's probably and it's because he doesn't understand what she needs. So he is he is swimming up a river if he thinks all the things he's doing for her are not uh being absorbed and that's where bitterness comes from. But obviously he's he's not it's he's not some noble guy who's uh you know uh, this this king of romance it's it's a very common thing that for people to do where he won the prize and then he 
sort of abandoned it and probably put it on the back burner. And now she's showing up as not her best version of herself. And he's like, she's just isn't the same anymore. And it's like, yeah, no shit, Sherlock. She's not the same because she's also sick of you. Yeah, exactly. Dave, when you do your bachelor or bachelorette recaps, do you sit there in your recaps and assess what potential relationships could look like and like give your input as to, this is not going to work or there's no way or this could actually be a match. You guys, I think that she could be a contender. Yeah, it's so hard to to separate what you see on TV from like what would happen in real lives. So I like to usually pick apart whatever environmental surroundings they have. And yeah, look at would this work and why, you know, it, a lot of it has to do with the age range, location and what uh, what they're trying to pursue in life. You know, you have to have sh- shared common goals. But when I do my recaps, I just take notes and I don't do any edits. I just kind of like you know, speak from my ADHD mind. And um, I get stuck on random irreverent things. And this happened to me last night with Vanderpump Rules, where I already posted my Vanderpump recap on my channel this morning. But the final conversation that Raquel is having with Katie and Schwartz, Schwartz is leaning against a tank of propane gases. And I couldn't stop thinking about just like the the whole thing blowing up. I was just like, they are one cigarette away from just ending this whole conversation. It was just a very funny place. It was very apropos for them to have that conversation next to a giant stack of propane tanks. Oh, the Sir Ali, we love it. Well, why? <laughs> the reason I was asking you this is because we see um, James Kennedy in this episode with his girlfriend, Ali, and he's getting ready to go over to Georgia for the Imagine Festival. Um, he is working with, or he he's actually, he's DJing a pool party, I believe, for Cascade. He's not, I don't think he was necessarily opening, but he's still on the same poster. And I've known this guy for a long time. He's worked his ass off to get there. So I don't want to, be negative in any way and take away from that because there's nothing to take away. It's like you're on the, you've done the damn thing. But in this moment, we see him talking to his girlfriend, Allie. Now, Allie seems very level-headed. Again, met her in person at the Vanderpump Rules premiere situation when I went over to Sheena's and they were glamming. And she was just so sweet. She was so nice to everybody, just happy to be there, not rude, but also you could tell like she's very strong-minded. And watching her on the episode with James, James is like, so I blew up a little bit at the beach and I threw a drink in his face, you know? And she's like, yeah, you made yourself look like an asshole. And I think that you need a therapist. And I'm like, a therapist? Like, are you, this guy, he does not take criticism. You're telling him a therapist? And then she continues on and she's like, I think on Monday, Monday would be great. Is this a relationship based off of the ones that you assess on The Bachelor or Bachelorette? Is this a relationship that you see working out or is there cause for pause? Well, well cause for pause. Yeah, there. I almost you almost assume the relationships won't work out. Like on Bachelor or Bachelorette, it's a one to two percent chance to work out. So you assume it's not going to work out. And then you look at why and when. Um, I it, it could think, you know, you never know. People could always like you know, so many odd pairings can, can, can last, but it's only going to last if he actually wants to address his issues. Having a partner tell you, you need therapy. It will not get you any closer to therapy. It's, it has to be a come to Jesus moment. And that's really on him to decide if he wants to have it. But uh, he's about at that age where maybe he could become a little bit more self-aware of his own anger or rage issues. But if you're defensive, you'll never, you'll be the last one to admit that. Do you think he has one of those? And I just try to understand James a little bit. Um, do you think it's one of those things like you're so getting lucky you're with James Kennedy and I'm on Vanderpump rules and you know, like I can't do any, you're lucky to be with me. I'm not lucky to be with you. Like, is there a certain element of ego and narcissism that plays into any relationship when you're on a reality TV show, especially one with, I don't want to say longevity, but it has longevity and they don't know after every season, they don't know if they're coming back, but what they do know is the ratings, the way that they're treated outside of being filmed on camera when they go to the airport and people are like DJ James King Kennedy. Like, do you think that like gives you a little bit of an ego that carries into the relationship? Oh yeah. Well, our egos are primarily fed by social media in today's world, whether we like it or not. So 
it's probably very hard for the reality TV stars to not have this race as to who's got the biggest following, the best engagement, bot followers, who's been tagged in this and reshared in that. So he obviously has that advantage over his partner, but she's also like, she could become, you know, right. She could slide in and become a bigger role on the show and pass him up too. So I don't know if he actually has any, quote unquote position of power there but i can yeah i can totally see how the ego plays into whatever hype your fans give you and that's why like with stand-up comedy if the second you think you've got something cool going on other comedians will just like bash you to the ground and you you stay humble in that in that respect i think the dj world is probably the exact opposite he's so happy to be on that show poster because he can say he opened for cascade or whatever but um I don't think in comedy you would brag about that. You know, a bunch of my friends were on a show last night with uh, Bill Burr, who, you know, I consider one of the greatest comedians of all time. But you don't get to say you opened for one of the greatest comedians of all time just because you happen to be on the same show. So it's a little different. But he was on the show poster. And, um, you know, little victories are always good to celebrate. <laughs> I feel like that had a little shade to it, but I like it. <laughs> I like it. I like it. No. And then from there, we have Allie and James who are going over to something about her, which was interesting because this is something that would probably only be done for a reality TV show when you have a new lease, a completely empty spot, a dirty kitchen, which they did clean, and a small table right in the middle of everything. You invite six or seven of your good friends. You invite the cameras and it's like, here, Try the Greek salad sandwich. This is going to be fantastic for you. Everybody's like, you know, trying a little bit here and there. And then we have a moment for everyone to sort of conversate. Well, James obviously wanted Allie to meet Lisa for some reason. And I think it's just to get her right in front of Lisa because Lisa is the end all be all. If Lisa likes you, you stay around. If she doesn't, you're done, right? I mean, look at Kristen Doty. She's no longer around. But in this situation, also, last night while I'm watching with Jason, Jason kept on saying, why are we here? This is the silliest shit that I've ever seen. Nobody throws an event to celebrate a new lease with six people in the audience. Do you think, and I know that we sit there and dissect reality TV shows, but do you think fans at home, let's just say like all over the country or the world who are not dissecting these reality TV shows, not knowing that there's camera crew A and B, and how many times they do pickup shots and all of that. Do you think any of like the fans who are just watching this for fun looked at it like, what the fuck? I don't know. We watch it with such a production eye. You know, we've both worked in, in this reality TV and uh, you... You, you, it's so funny because they're all excited to walk into this new uh, sandwich shop and they're like, oh, it looks so great. What are you talking about? It's four white walls. <laughs> like there's literally nothing going on. So we look at it and we go, oh, they're building up for this storyline, maybe for next season so they can get people interested. And because there is something about wanting to see the growth HGTV, you always want to see like renovations and things being built. So while the scene was relatively uninteresting and unimportant for them to film there, I could understand that they were like, all right, let's just show this part off. But in reality, yeah, this would never happen. They probably didn't have the, you know, the building inspector, you know, signing off on it yet. It was just a health violations galore. Um, so just a complete, uh, you know, obviously like fabricated scenario. You're like, here we are. Now everybody um, take your asses three doors down back to Sir. <laughs> yeah. Which, by the way, every single finale is always at Sir. Now, I think, guys, it was season three or season two. I was at Sir. I'm sitting there minding my own business, hosting and whatnot. And I remember Lisa was outside and she's smoking a cigarette. You very, you never see Lisa smoke a cigarette. And she's talking to Kim as she's smoking the, dude, your photo and the resolution on your camera is killing me because I feel like you are just a fake person on the screen. It's like <laughs> killing me. I'll Especially when you... Time. When you're reading shit, it looks, it's just like you're like a plastic doll. But uh, when, when I was talking to Lisa, she was, I said, Can I get you anything? And she's like chain smoking the cigarette, like, We're not going to have another season. This is not going to be a finale. The kids are fucking it up. Like it's going to be bad. And in that finale for season two or three, whichever season it was, Stassi ended up getting up because they wanted her to talk to Katie or something. And she's like, I can't do this and walks out. And that was like the big moment. But they always do it at Sir. 
And for this, they took over, instead of one sandwich, they get to try three sandwiches over at Sir, and then boom, here is exactly what we got. Now, a lot of people don't realize this, but before the finale, production has a conversation with the cast, and so does Lisa, and they tell them, if you guys want to get picked up for next season, we're not telling you what to do. We need a great episode. We need a cliffhanger of an episode that just leaves people questioning. So whatever you guys do with that, figure it out. And the cast knows, okay, so we can't this up, right? So in this episode, obviously, we get over to Sir, and you see Tom Schwartz, and this is kind of where things kick off. He's talking to Katie's mom, and I love where Katie's mom, I love a good mama bear. She starts talking to him, and she's like, honestly, dude, you blew it. You blew it. You blew it by kissing Raquel. And I'm watching the way that he's talking to her. And he's known Terry for over 12 years, so more than a decade. And Terry, I've met multiple times. She's very level-headed, such a sweet woman. Um, But when he's talking to her and she's talking back at him, telling him how he effed up so many different things by not like committing to the pact that they made not to hook up with anybody in the friend group, his head is like... Yeah, man. Like he covers his face. He's like, I'm in shame, but I'm not process like I'm not processing anything that you're saying right now. I honestly, Terry, I didn't even know your name was Terry. I don't know why I'm here. Like, what's going on? Yeah. Well, you just learn look, people don't people don't change their mind when when presented with new information sometimes. And and not that not that he was presented with new information, but he's like, Look, I don't think I did anything wrong. And and he's gonna feel that way forever. I just could never imagine my mom talking like I could never imagine my mom being absorbed into a reality show the way she is. But she yeah, she does a great job. Um, very likable. And obviously, whenever there's a mother figure on the show, you wanna be like, um, on, on your best behavior, which obviously is, you know, foreshadowing what's going to go down here that, um, you know, the mom's advice isn't necessarily listened to or respected. But yeah, uh, shorts. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. You know, he's give him credit for for holding his ground. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. I get listen. I guess we'll give him a little bit of credit here, but also talk about cringy. This is where it just gets man. It gets bad. Um, Raquel having this conversation with Ariana and she's asking, how are you in Sandoval? She's asking Ariana about her sex life with Scandoval. Well, Scandoval, I can't help but call him Scandoval, but with Sandoval, what were you thinking in this conversation? Yeah. I mean, knowing what we know, it's just psychopathic. It feels like, right. It's like she's fishing out information in hopes to maybe, uh, maybe whatever Sandoval's telling her, she wants it corroborated in a subtle way, you know. Um, but she's like, in the um, Ari, I'm sorry, Raquel asks Ariana, like, are you even attracted to him? I think she wanted Ariana to say no. I think she wanted Ariana to admit, like, oh, the love's not really there anymore. But but she's like, no, yeah, he's hot. I'm into him. Um, so yeah, yeah that, that made it interesting to see like her sort of leading with these questions. No, I thought the same thing. And one of the things that I thought too. That was interesting to me in this moment was if you see um, Sheena ended up going on her shenanigans podcast with Peter and Peter revealed a text message from Sandoval. And in this text message, he's like on the premiere episode when it showed that Peter was going on the date with Raquel, Raquel, or I guess uh, Tom Sandoval messaged Peter and he was like, dude, did you hook up with um, Raquel that night? Which I think is like so awkward that you would even ask. But what it made me think of is, well, she told you that they did not hook up, but instead of believing her, you wanted to ask Sand or ask Peter because you wanted to figure it out here. I'm going to play the clip just so you can see, just to give context behind it. Hold on. Let me play the clip really quick. Here it goes. Text from Scumdival asking about you hooking up with Rachel. It was after he saw the first episode, he texted you and was like, did yes. you guys actually f- Okay, so I'm in complete euphoria because I celebrate Gasparilla. It's like Mardi right? Gras, you dress like a pirate. Yeah, love it. So anyway, I'm getting off the plane, take my phone off of airplane mode, and the first text that comes up, bing, it's uh, Tom Sandoval. Dude, exclamation point. Just watch the first episode, LOL, exclamation point. Did you bang Raquel that night after sir, exclamation point, question mark, laughing, crying emoji. This guy never sends me laughing, LOL, crying emoji. laughing, crying emoji. 
How funny. I mean, he was pretty much sussing out Peter to see if Raquel is telling him the truth. And I think in this moment, she was just like Andy said on Watch What Happens Live last night. She was uh, checking Ariana's temperature to see, well, Tom is telling me that you guys are a little disconnected, not having sex, not doing these things. How do you feel about the relationship to sort of see, is he telling the truth, which seems so toxic on all levels, all the way across the board. Yeah. Well, first of all, the the fact that that podcast exists, Bravo in general and Vanderpump Rules does such a good job of the commentary week by week from people. They're sharing screen grabs and receipts and podcasting. I just think it's incredible. A Bachelor doesn't do enough of that, like cross conversation as shit's going down. Um, But yeah, the, the Sandoval, I mean, what I guess my question is this: What is he at? Is he asking? Did they bang because he's gonna feel like his his private affair has been violated, or does he? Or is it just like a friends with benefits thing, so he doesn't care? I feel like I think that he wants to know that she is being loyal while he's still in a relationship. Wow! Like you're being loyal to me. I'm telling you. Listen, I only have eyes for you, Ariana. I mean, we've seen his Howie Mandela interview. We see how he presented everything. And the way he did was Ariana was threatening to take her own life. She was battling with mental health. She lost her grandmother. She lost her dog, Charlotte. She kept telling me, if you leave me, I will hurt myself. And that's the way that, first of all, even if that's true, I find that to be completely, excuse my French guys, just shitty to out somebody like that who's struggling like if she's struggling in that in that way even though it's reality tv i understand but let her share that you know what i mean let her tell that part of the story and then he's he's putting that out there and i feel like he was telling her the same thing like ariana is really struggling right now i can't leave her because we shared this 2.5 million dollar home i'm starting a business and she's threatening to take her own life or quit the show So that is why I'm in the position that I'm in. But why are you out here kissing Tom Schwartz, running around with Peter and going on dates with Oliver? That part doesn't make sense to me. So I'm going to ask the questions to make sure you're not doing any more than what you're saying that you're doing. Yeah. And, you know, if we didn't know what went down, these conversations would have never, you know, it'd be a side story. Um, I would love a parallel universe where he doesn't get caught just to see what his end game was, just to see how, like, was he actually going to slowly break up with Ariana and then slowly introduce Raquel? How we have never known, you know, so a bit, of course, you know, that's not going to happen. Right. Right. All right. So aside from that, we move over to a more in-depth conversation that just gets really ugly really quick with Katie Maloney. Now, Raquel approaches Katie while there is some guy sitting at the table and he's like, oh, my God, welcome to the table. We were just talking about eating ass. And I'm like, sir, who invited you to this table? Because (laughs) whatever you're doing for a soundbite, you just look a little silly and that's okay. But let's move on. Um, Raquel approaches Katie to ask her what her issues are with her. She's like, listen, Katie, I know that you heard that Schwartz and I made out, but I just want to let you know, like, I don't like the way that you're texting your partner of 12 years, your soon-to-be ex-husband with these rage texts. And I more specifically don't like the way that you're holding the dogs over his head. And Katie's like, who the fuck are you? Yeah, she spun that from supportive, like, you know, you know, conversation to just like when she dropped the rage text line, it's like, clearly, uh, clearly you're not looking for a resolution here. You're just kind of uh, I, I don't know. She said going to bat for Schwartz, uh, but, you know, poor Schwartz is in the other room, like have oblivious to the fires that he has started. Look, this is uh, I mean, I just can't believe this conversation is still happening. This is like, what, three or four episodes ago? Yeah, And they still haven't resolved this. We still have not resolved this. And then as they're having the conversation, and I, I have to give it to Katie too, because as they're having the conversation, she says to Katie, your sandwiches are really good. I understand why I'm not, you know, why I wasn't invited and I don't want to step on anybody's toes. And Katie's like, thank you. Thank you. 
Raquel, what are you trying to do here? And Raquel's like, well, girl, you don't know, but either Sandoval or the producers told me to come over here and talk to you because this is the finale and whatnot. So we have to make some drama. And then the conversation goes a little left and her mother gets involved. And it was right when Katie looks at Lala and her mother and she's like, are you under, are you hearing what this girl is saying to me right now? And Lala's like, disengage, girl. You are talking to a pig. And I'm like, not a pig. <laughs> a pig? Okay. And then Terry starts entering the conversation where she's like, listen, can I just say something? And Raquel looks at her and she goes, what, Terry? And I'm like, what, Terry? You can't talk to somebody's mom like that. That is <laughs> like, would you talk to Lisa Vanderpump like that? Would you be like, what, Lisa? No. Yeah, she didn't. It's so funny how how they are allowed to really talk such trash to each other and they they talk down to each other so much. And then the mom shows up and you try to give them mom the same attitude and everybody university's like, no, man, you can't do that. What I love about Lala is she seems to be the closest narration of what the audience would say. She's right. so on the pulse with with the quips that she has that I think are, are the, I think she, I think she's the best comedic timing that the show has for, for moments that like that. And then afterwards she's like, you know, Katie gets red hot or whatever, you know, she's just, she, she just, she's very, she's very on the nose and um, probably smarter than I think people give her credit because I don't know if it's because of her looks or whatever, but she's, she's very smart out there with her observations. Yeah. And then, well, especially when Terry tries intervening and she's like, did our conversation in Vegas not mean anything? And she goes, my God. And she's like, don't can talk to my mom like that. And I'm like, Katie, I have to have your back on this one there, sis, because I don't know how I would react if I had a cast member who was hooking up with my ex, who I really didn't like, let alone. And all of a sudden now you're like talking to my mom like she's like, she's your peer. No. Yeah. It's such a funny twist because I don't ever remember, and I'm sure it happened. I don't remember Jersey Shore having a parent show up, but like it's 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 almost unfair to to Raquel because you've got the parent of the other person on, you know, you. But it's but she obviously Raquel didn't treat it with the respect that obviously you would want. Yeah, I just you look back to being a kid and be like, "Hello, Mrs. Robinson, may I have a cookie, please?" Like, yeah, where, where have manners gone? They're out the window, man. Yeah. They're out the wherever you're driving on your interviews in your car, you just you put them in a uh, brown paper bag and you threw that shit out the window. That's exactly yeah, we ran, where they went. We ran over that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And then on top of that, I love when Sandoval tries to get involved and he's like, Katie, you've been getting other people while you lived in the house with shorts. And I'm like, her mom is right that do we not give a shit about this like her mom is right there and you're saying like not even like katie you have been hooking up with other people it's like katie you've been getting other people and i'm like guys this is this is bad this is a little bad and sandoval is always coming to raquel's defense which led to another conversation in this whole argument because ariana walks in and she's like what the just happen and she walks over to lisa vanderpump and she puts her head on her shoulder and starts crying she's disheveled she's like i don't know what to do i hate when my friends fight this has been a really hard summer for me and i'm like no that's true your summer has been shit and wait till your fall your spring september because <laughs> that's about to get even shittier and then it's going to get better but just wait for it girl because it's all coming and in this moment, Christina Kelly looks at Tom Sandoval and is like, instead of sitting here fighting with Katie, why don't you go be there for your girlfriend who's over here so obviously crying? Yeah, it's it's so it's so reality TV goals to have that those two things happen at once. And I just wonder if you could ever if you could ever like tell ariana hey by the way what about what's about to happen is going to be so egregious you're going to get on invited on dancing with the stars <laughs> she'd be like what like yeah. just not knowing the trajectory of what's about to go down all her bloomingdale's sponsorships or whatever all the you know going to go to the yankees game and paparazzi following her she just couldn't have imagined the white house 
the, yeah, just the White House Correspondents Dinner and just, you know, a mainstream pop culture. She probably she probably didn't think she was going to elicit such a defense of of her in that moment. But um, yeah, she's fried. And you hate to see that. You hate to see that that's where it's starting now compared to where it's going to be going next week. But um, yeah, you, 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 it, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. I think that's what they say. I mean, hi, hi, hi. And then Raquel tries to explain to Katie. She's like, you know, when you told Sheena and before she could get out, when you told Sheena that it was OK that we hook up, Terry looks at Raquel and she goes, shut up, Raquel. <laughs> I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like, OK, Terry, we're over here defending you. Like now, if the poor girl wants to defend herself, like you can't just are we just telling the girl to shut up now? Like what the is happening here this is crazy and what they didn't show was uh or maybe they did i didn't catch this that that um katie's brother was also there because he tweeted today saying hey they're all garbage humans and um what's so funny is that he works for wwe which is essentially reality tv for men and it's all the same stuff so it seems like it runs in the family whatever their reality tv uh ability to drum up drama whatever it is you know there was one conversation that I know it's reality TV, guys, but I wholeheartedly believe her um, that Lala has with Lisa Vanderpump. And she's talking to her about uh, wanting another baby. And for those people who don't know, when Lala separated from Randall, um, she found out that Randall was having multiple affairs. There have been investigations into him and his business. The FBI was allegedly involved. All of these things were happening. And she, what the straw that broke the camel's back was not only the Nashville situation where he was seen, photographed, crossing the street, going to his hotel with two women, but also she at one point thought that he was texting someone and she said, let me see your phone. She went to grab his phone out of his hand and he wrestled her to the ground, taking the phone away so she could not see it. And she thought in her mind, red flags. Well, when she said, I am going to leave you, I am taking our baby, little baby Ocean, I'm taking her and I'm leaving. He's like, I will call the police on you. If you leave and take my child, we're going to have bigger problems. I will fight you to the end. So she had to wait until he left for a business trip in order to take her daughter and go. Now, understandably so, she never wants to deal with a situation like this, especially because she's battling custody right now, trying to prove that she deserves primary custody of their daughter, Ocean. And she's like, I don't want to do this shit again. Instead, like, I would rather get a surrogate and be my own person raising my own daughter and not have a father figure in the picture unless that father figure is going to be around for a long time. And right now, I don't think I have the biological clock to wait for that father figure to be around. What was your take? I mean, that's very, it's not your most conventional situation, but I get it. She needs to move to like Colorado and meet a normal guy. There are plenty of good men out there, but she's in West Hollywood meeting, you know, multimillionaires, people that walked over others to get to what they have. Um, And he was a true monster. So most men aren't a monster like that guy. But I can understand. I can understand uh, the the feeling she has uh, because what a traumatizing situation you're talking potential jail time for him and the whole me too uh issue i mean he's a real mo- when you the more you looked into it the more of a monster you saw that he was but like on a lower like on a lower level like he's like not hard like the power of an harvey weinstein but he did have power in his own world and completely manipulated it and now you know she's going to get dragged through the court system in most cases even a a divorce would be not under such horrible terms so i think if she's open to it try to find a guy in a world that's not just like, you know, what, what would breed a narcissist. No, I agree with that. Um, I'm going to bring up a couple of these super chats really quick before we move on. Uh, Boy Mom 303 said, I think Rachel is way more into Tom than Tom is into her. She has mental health issues, serious ones. I don't think reality TV is a good idea for her at all. Watching those issues play out on TV is really hard to watch. Well, that's one opinion, Boy Mom. I mean, but I don't disagree. Big Apple Girl 247, thank you so much for the super chat. There was one more that I missed in here, and guys, I'm trying to catch all of them. Um, Josie said, gentlemen, I get the feeling that Tom wasn't going to break up with Ariana at all. And if Ariana changed in his eyes, that he would have dumped Raquel. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I think that's an interesting one to be able to try to figure out how to dissect that. But (laughs) I kind of think I get what you're saying. Okay, so we go to exit the situation because this is the finale. We need the drama. And as Lala is pulling Katie out of the situation, she's like, don't talk to this pig. We're going to exit. So she starts walking past and she looks at Tom and she's like, I'm done with you. And she walks past and there goes Lala with her. And Tom's like, me, what did I do? You know, like he's just trying to hide in the corner behind the ficus plant, not trying to be seen, hiding under the radar. And Raquel is chuckling under her breath a little bit. Well, Lala goes, did you just see that she chuckled? Boom. That's all Katie needed. And she turns around and she's like, excuse me, bitch. What? She turns around and she guns it thinking that Lala said that it was Tom Schwartz. So she goes over and pulls him, and she's pointing in his face like this. And then she's like, you know what? We're going to go outside and talk. Cue to the propane tanks. We go out, (laughs) we talk, we lean against the propane tanks, and she's like, what is going on with you? And within like 30 seconds, either Sandoval production, somebody said to Raquel, get out there now. It's your time, girl. You are the main villain in this story. So Raquel walks out after just telling Katie that she's jealous and then changing her tune from you're jealous to Katie, I never did this to hurt you. (laughs) We were just experimenting and we were just trying to see where our connection would go. And Katie is so cringe. Like she's laughing with this cringe face. Like (laughs) what? Yeah. And Rachel, uh, Raquel, uh, she already knew like, uh, earlier on when Raquel was like, I tried to kiss him, but he said no. Katie like showed him like, hey, that's not cool to me. Like you, you, you know, and hey, you can do that, but like you're not going to be my friend. And so it's almost like she knew if she touched the 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 pot, the pan, she'd burn her hands, and she did. And that's just like I don't know, just live with it, you know. <laughs> like that's you're not going to change their minds. But either way, we're going to fight. I guess we're going to still put another whole episode into it. It is a relatively good, juicy storyline if Scandaval didn't exist. I mean. It's, but I, but like you said before, I totally understand how production will dangle over their heads. Hey, do you want to get another season made or not? And in some ways, that's the honest reality. Like the show only exists because of the crazy drama, um, you know, but, you know, you know, audiences maybe are, are, are good to sniff out when it's like kind of overly fabricated. But in this case, I do believe that Katie feels the way she does. I just think, you know, they could have had this figured out. <laughs> in a in a quick uh, group text but here we are here we are all right i want to pull up another thing really quick um just to ask you what to kind of pick your brain because this pretty much wraps up the what 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 was supposed to be the finale one here's a few photos from this upcoming reunion and it looks like tom schwartz looks the same way he was at the finale which i saw and i was like uh tom sandoval looks defeated ariana looks fantastic yeah they all look like they're ripping him apart. Lala is flipping her shit and Ariana is living for every second of it. Like this is, I was not, exp- I mean, I love the stills. Now I just want to see even James popping off what the actual, what the actual reunion is going to look like. And I'm sure I'm guessing this is when Sheena had to exit. But then last night watching on Watch What Happens Live, we see where Katie said, Andy said, you know, like asked her, what did you think about the reunion? Did you get all the answers? And she's like, no, I didn't feel like I got enough answers. And I'm like, girl, don't say that. We need all the answers at the reunion. What answers did you not get? Yeah. It, how does it work? The reunion was taped a little while back. So there's going to have to be like a, a reunion of the reunion. Like this, this, the storyline just is not even close to ending. And I guess uh, Vanderpump, like the production company, is going to have to find out how how are they going to capitalize it. Does it just spin on to episode one of the next season? Like, what what do you think is going to go down? 
Well, I think that so many people are expecting and wanting Raquel and Tom to be fired. But as far as reality TV, this is what we're watching for. And they are bringing the ratings because there is a false police report filed, allegedly. There is a restraining order. Now she's checked herself into a mental health med spa, whatever we want to call it. Like she, the way that they're navigating this, they're definitely going to be back on the show because even Andy Cohen had someone on Watch What Happens Live as a guest and they were like, how do we film together? And he's like, relax, trust me, we're going to figure this out. We figure it out every year. And Lala Kent and Sheena most recently said in a podcast interview that they understand this is par for the course, part of their job, that they have to film with these people. They just don't know what that scenario would be like because it's not like Tom and Raquel are going to be invited to Ariana's birthday party, right? She would be invited to an event that would most likely be hosted by Lisa. So they don't know how it's going to work out, but I'm sure production is already planting the seeds right now, figuring out how the hell do we put them all in the same room? Yeah, and... And you're going to have Ariana's new man. How does Tom react to that? And, you know, you know, yeah, the, the fact when you when you kind of like settle the fire down as bad as this scenario was, it, you can see you can see a world where they can all coexist for the sake of paying their bills. I mean, they know Ariana knows that, you know, they'll convince her, hey, the show's going to be so much better if you're a man and can show up him or whatever. You know, it's such a big storyline. You you can take the elephant out of the room, but you're still going to talk about it. You're still going to talk about it. Well, last but not least, this also came out from Vanderpump Rules Party Podcast. And I thought this was interesting. I brought it up on last night's after party. But they pointed out that after filming wrapped for season 10 of Vanderpump Rules, I'll just read the caption. Take two with phone numbers blocked. Why did production post a filming notice on February 3rd, 2023, valid through April 3rd, 2023, at the cast apartment complex, which would be Raquel's, when filming ended on September of 2022? And confessionals are done in studio and the show already started airing. So it should have already been edited with pickups. Hmm. What were they planning between February and April this year? Asking for a friend. So they're pretty much alluding that production knew that Scandaball was going to break and they were getting ahead of the curve, making sure that they had all of the permits for filming and everything in between. But to be fair, this could have easily been for pickup shots. I don't know. Before we end up capping off, what are your thoughts? Yeah, you're right. It could have just been them wanting to film the exterior shot of the apartment, although maybe they wouldn't need permission for that. They are going to be overly prepared in every scenario with location managers. Uh, But I guess I guess maybe they were. I mean, I don't know. Would they have tried to follow uh, Raquel and Sandoval's relationship or I I, I don't know. Um, But but probably knowing how film works, you read into it, but it's probably just, um, you know. They, they probably pick up those contracts, pick up those permits. Um, so I don't know. I don't know enough to uh, hypothesize about what possible off-season uh, drama they would want uh, to, to capture, you know? Exactly. No, I agree with that. Uh, Danny V, do you think it's true that they'll pick up cameras early? Well, I don't know if it's early, guys, because they usually pick up cameras at the end of May or early June. Usually they try to hit Pride every single year. And I met Jason on Pride which was June 9th. So that's right around the corner. So we'll see. And then um, Jensen, I don't like throwing around mental health, but Raquel is (laughs) psychotically strategic. She is a pageant girl that sees women as competition and nothing else. Well, Jensen, thank God we're not throwing around mental health issues. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Although good point on the competition, you know, obviously um, everyone's always competing with everyone, but a lot of situations, uh, you know, sometimes women will feel like they need to compete for that attention of the guy. And, and Sandoval has clearly shown that he's going to go for the person giving him more attention. It feels like. Yeah, I agree with that. Hi, yeah. Well, <laughs> man, this is going to be one hell of a finale going into it. And then we have the reunions after Um, besides the obvious, is there anything specifically that you're looking forward out of the few or looking forward to out of the future episodes? Well, I'm sure something will be said very subtly, like a new phrase. What there's probably going to be some t-shirt and meme created from something that goes down and we'll just, it's almost like when you watch the Super Bowl commercials, you know, the whole country's watching to see what, what the crazy part was that I hate to say that I hate to relate, uh, their breakup to a Super Bowl commercial, but 
we've been led to believe like it's going to be must-see TV. So will it deliver? I think it will, yeah. We hope so. We hope so. I think it will too, especially with the special one-on-ones coming to Peacock, guys, with Ariana, Raquel, and Tom all separately with Andy Cohen. All right. Well, Dave, as we wrap up, if they don't know, will you let them know where they can find you? Yeah, I've got my podcast, um, uh, Bachelor Rush Hour, which is every afternoon. It's entertainment news. I always have like one Bachelor story, and then, I, and then I've been covering Vanderpump and American Idol and Love is Blind. So it's 30 minutes every afternoon, Bachelor Rush Hour, anywhere you listen to podcasts. Anywhere you listen to podcasts. And also, guys, I have this one up right here where you guys can go make sure that you follow and subscribe. But then also, in case you're trying to find Dave on Instagram, I wanted to bring this up as well so you can check him out. And then we will also post it in the description. Dave, as always, we appreciate the hell out of you. This is such a great time. And still, I am so envious of your camera setup. Well, thanks again for having me. I appreciate it. Yes, as always, man. Um, I'm going to go ahead and drop us out, and then I will see you in a second. All right, guys. So thank you so much for joining us for the Vanderpump Rules recap. We will be back tomorrow for another round of Hot Messy Topics at 12 p.m. Eastern with a very special guest. I will keep you guys posted in the community tab. And also, don't forget that Mother's Day is right around the corner. So if you guys don't know what to grab for your mother... Well, go to roseforever.com. Use code ADAM25. They last for over a year. All the materials are vegan. You can use code ADAM25 for for $25 off of your purchase. And that way, your mother is not disappointed. I actually didn't know what to get my mother. So thank God for roseforever.com. I love you guys. Thank you to everyone in the live chat. Thank you for the super chats. Thank you to all of our mods. And we'll see you next time. Bye. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.